0: If you're innovating, creating, or making a difference, this show is for you. Welcome to Over Coffee, I'm Doc Cannon. Here on Over Coffee, we talk with artists and innovators about the process of changing the world in terms of what they do.
1: The veggie system on the International Space Station is about 18 inches square, so it's very small.
2: The robot moves along your arm, And it sort of records how your arm is moving.
3: In a float, engineering, technology, science are meshed.
4: Everyone on the team kind of consider that the artistic summit. People go in there and say they had an out-of-body experience.
5: People say, I'm not a math person, or I don't want to do math, or math is hard.
0: It's not. What does STEAM mean to you as a creative person? Today, we're hearing the term STEM all over the place, an acronym for science, technology, engineering, and math, but STEAM adds art to the mix. As Over Coffee celebrates a new season of podcasting, let's explore science, technology, engineering, art, and math, also known by the acronym STEAM, and what the combination of these can mean in your life.
6: You know, our bodies just get all pumped up, and in the absence of real threat, you can feel kind of like a superhero, you can feel just really strong and just really kind of in your body.
0: Last Halloween, did you see your favorite scary movie? Or maybe visit a haunt that was fun scary? Most of us don't think about the science behind the art of a Halloween scare, and why so many of us consider it fun. Sociologist, author, and haunt consultant, Dr. Margie Kerr explains.
6: The changes in the body that happen for most people, not all people, but that increasing sympathetic nervous system activity that increases the circulation of, you know, neurochemicals and hormones that in that context can contribute to feeling really strong, really energized, really even euphoric.
0: Margie, who explores the science of fear in her book, Scream, also offered to look at some of the neuroscience involved.
6: Greg Siegel, he's a cognitive neuroscientist. He was able to analyze brainwave activity that we collected actually on site and found that, you know, after doing these intense, scary activities, global brain reactivity went down. So it basically to kind of describe it in just really straightforward terms, it's kind of like doing something scary turns down the volume of the inner dialogue and all of the kind of ruminating thoughts and allows us to feel more in our body and in the moment, which is ironic because it's similar to, you know, what people try to achieve through meditation or even running. But those moments that we are kind of less in our head and more in our body are often associated to feeling good.
0: Be sure to check out Margie's book, Scream, which is a great read as well as her new one. Ouch. About the science of pain, which she co-wrote with Linda Rodriguez McRobbie on her website margiecur.com, spelling margie m a r g e e Kerr is k e r r. margiecur.com.
1: They're looking for plants that have high vitamin content. For space specifically, they're looking for things that have vitamins that are not found in the processed diets or the things that are lacking. So things like vitamin K
0: now, what if you're on the other side of the STEAM equation as a scientist looking to bring complex concepts to life? Amy Paidoff is Director of Education at Fairchild Tropical Botanic Garden in Miami. She is teaching plant science through an innovative program which she implemented, the Growing Beyond Earth Project. This is a classroom-based citizen science project in partnership with NASA in which more than 350 middle and high school students research crops that can be grown by astronauts aboard the International Space Station.
1: All of the things that we're learning are applicable to growing plants on Earth. So they're looking for plants that grow large amounts of edible biomass in a small space. The veggie system on the International Space Station is about 18 inches square, so it's very small. So large amounts of edible biomass in that small space.
0: In addition to plant science, students are gaining presentation skills. When Amy and I spoke in 2021, she described one such opportunity available to that year's cohort. All of the students,
1: or whomever wants to, are going to come together for a Zoom conference where they're going to be presenting their research to the NASA scientists, administrators, interns via Zoom. So they get, you know, five slides, they get eight minutes with two minutes of questions and they get to have the opportunity to share what they've
0: learned. The Growing Beyond Earth program is currently in its seventh year and more than 40,000 middle and high school students have tested more than 180 varieties of edible plants for NASA according to Fairchild Botanic Gardens website. If you'd like to know more about the Growing Beyond Earth program get a look at fairchildgarden.org forward slash G-B-E, as in Growing Beyond Earth.
2: Switching tracks really easy, right? Like you might have seen in the video that there's, we have this like tiny turntable where the robot goes on and then it turns around and then goes to a different track, right? Now,
0: when we look at Steam and we think about technology, there is nothing cooler than a robot. Unless possibly it's a tiny wearable robot that can travel over your clothing and do all kinds of tasks, including teaching you dance moves.
2: One thing that we built in our system was kind of the ability to record a dance move. So let's say if I do an arm wave for an instance, just like a basic dance move. The robot moves along your arm and it sort of records how your
0: arm is moving. That is the Calico wearable system created by researchers at the University of Maryland's Department of Computer Science. University of Chicago doctoral student Anoop Satya is one of the developers of Calico, which he created during his time at the University of Maryland's Small Artifacts Lab, or Smart Lab. The Calico system includes a tiny robot, less than two inches in diameter, which weighs less than an ounce. And among its capabilities, Calico incorporates the arts into its technology in some creative ways. Because
2: it has a sensor on board to record the movement of your arm. And then if you put it on someone who doesn't know how to do the move, And it just like replicates that same move and it realizes that the sensor readings are not matching up to what happened previously, right? So it gives you a small indication and says, no, that was wrong. Do you want to try it again? And then like, you know, it just goes back and it just like guides you through the process of like replicating that move. Anoop also referenced some of the aesthetics involved in creating the tiny robot. One thing we found interesting is that we ran a study with participants and we asked them how they feel about it, right? And surprisingly, most people said That they like the robotic aspect of it and they wouldn't want to change the appearance of it to make it something more, you know, like something more anthropomorphous in some way. And they preferred the robotic look of it because I think there's something like retro futuristic about a robotic looking thing moving on your body, right? But other people also mentioned that they want it to look like an insect or something to make it feel more, you know, like make it feel more creepy and involved in some way.
0: You can see the Calico robot in action and get updates on it at University of Maryland's Small Artifacts Lab website at smartlab.cs.umd.edu. Look for Calico relocatable on cloth wearables. The video should come right up.
3: In a float, engineering and technology are meshed. Engineering, technology, science are
0: meshed. And when it comes to the engineering part of steam, if anyone would know that inside out, it's Pam Wiedenbeck.
3: So the engineering and science are meshed in how they work. I was primarily attracted by the art until I found out how much science was in. You know, people say, well, you just weld. Well, there's a whole science to how to weld and make. Metal stick together. It's not
0: that easy to get two pieces of metal to stick together. Pam is vice president of float development at La Canada Flint Ridge Tournament of Roses Association, one of six non-commercial community float builders that build and enter a float in Pasadena's Tournament of Roses parade every year. You have to get the metal to the right temperature.
3: You have to get the flux that's going to melt. This little stick of metal and chemicals that you have on the two pieces, you have to have them clamped tightly together so that you can precisely melt the two pieces together so they become
0: one. For 2024, LCFTRA took home the Golden State Award for their whimsical entry, Flower Power. This is a band bus transporting a performing rock band composed entirely of flowers. And there were a lot of engineering considerations underlying the art and whimsicality.
3: Whether you're going to put seeds on it or flowers on it depends on how you build it. If it's going to be seeds, it has to be totally smooth on the outside. You can't have anything. So all the welds are hidden inside.
0: Not to mention the animation.
3: When you actually think about the physics of the animation, it's what can the hydraulics do? That is, how can the hydraulic components actually move an arm?
0: On January first, twenty twenty-four, La Canada Flint Ridge Tournament of Roses wowed parade goers with their award-winning float, Flower Power, adding the Tournament of Roses Golden State Award for most outstanding depiction of life in California to a considerable number of honors they'd already received since first entering floats in the Rose Parade in nineteen seventy-eight. But nobody's resting on their laurels. Or rose petals as the case may be. LCFTRA has just concluded their 2025 float design competition and they'll shortly be starting construction on their next Rose Parade entry. If you're in the Southern California area and you'd like to help them, they welcome volunteers for construction, decorating, and a host of other tasks. These include front desk greeters, docents, and a number of other positions. Find out more at lcftra.org.
4: We were sort of creating a lore or story ourselves. We were creating it together and it was just very imaginative. Those days were really, really fun.
0: Now, what about the art component of STEAM? As you probably noticed, everything we've covered so far involves some element of the arts. But when art is front and center, how does science, technology, engineering, and math support it?
4: The tactile qualities apparent in the interactivity as well. There's lots of computers that contain games and lore and sort of a scavenger hunt to guide you through the show if you so choose.
0: Arts and entertainment collective Meow Wolf combines the elements of Steam to create magic with their immersive installations.
4: We had a collaborating artist who specialized in making these interactive animatronics. His name is Tom Seppi. And Tom was very willing and excited to fit his specialties into art making, specifically for this story.
0: Meow Wolf Senior Creative Director Spencer Olson served on the creative team on Omega Mart, Meow Wolf's second permanent exhibition.
4: We had a reception robot, which is very polished and very presentable because that's the face of the company of DRAMCORP.
0: Omega Mart in Las Vegas, on first glance, looks like a grocery store. But when you look closer, it's actually a fun, trippy, and thought-provoking immersive experience. And
4: as you keep exploring, you know, you get kind of more behind the curtain, I guess. And you discover Herman Resources, which appears a little more like someone's tinker project.
0: Whimsical products. Wormholes and light shows are just three aspects of this installation from both local and international artists. Spencer shared one of the don't miss features.
4: Pulse by Claudio Bueno. People go in there and say they had an out-of-body experience. It's multiple layers of hand-painted acrylic with light. It's pulsing, it's breathing, it looks alive.
0: Currently, Meow Wolf has four permanent exhibitions in Texas, Colorado, New Mexico, and of course, in Las Vegas. You'll find more information on meowwolf.com.
5: One of the lessons that we did, especially when it came to geometry, was using the artwork of Piet Mondrian.
0: Finally, what about the M in steam? Math is probably not something most of us with an arts background would associate with being creative. But
5: I remember the title of his work is Broadway Boogie Woogie, I think. Yes, and that's the one wherein it's made of parallel lines and intersecting lines and perpendicular lines. So they created their own painting and using the concepts of parallel and perpendicular lines. It was a messy classroom at the end after, but they had fun.
0: Doctor Fred Ewing is the Director of Education Preparation at California State University's Office of the Chancellor. And as an educator, his specialty is math, which he has taught both at the K through twelve and college levels. However, Fred says during his own career as a student, he struggled with math at first.
5: During my elementary school years, it was not my favorite subject. And then upon reaching high school, that's when I was shown that it doesn't have to be done in a singular way. Given that freedom, it just blossomed for them that I could develop my own patterns, I could see how things work, I would connect one topic to another, and then that basically started everything.
0: Here is a mini lesson from Fred on math for artists.
5: Just someone who's painting, they need to know how much paint to begin with. Okay, And within the designs, they could offer different kinds of patterns, and they could incorporate some of the themes in mathematics to put in their design. For example, one of the artists, a Japanese artist, I forgot her name, but she puts a lot of polka dots. And that's something that we would be able to use because you could incorporate that design, that concept in mathematics, and at the same time, you could even use that for social studies because... She puts those polka dots on a pumpkin, and you could tie that in, especially for fall. So the connection there will always be mathematics and other subject areas. All you have to do is expose them to the ways that they will be able to think on their own, find their own patterns, create their own patterns, extend their thinking, and then you'll get to experience the beauty of mathematics.
0: That's Dr. Fred Uwe, Director of Education Preparation at California State University's Office of the Chancellor. I had the pleasure of meeting Fred through the California STEAM Symposium in 2019. Fred was then a steering committee member of the STEAM Symposium, and during the 2019 California STEAM Symposium, he led two sessions on math and STEAM education. Incidentally, the 11th annual California STEAM Symposium is going to be happening February 9th and 10th in Long Beach. And if you love the idea of combining science, technology, engineering, art, and math to revolutionize education, you can find out a lot more at steamcalifornia.org. And that is a wrap-up of just a few ways STEAM, or the blending, of science, technology, engineering, art, and math is boosting creativity. I'm looking forward to exploring a lot more of these avenues with you as we launch into our new season of podcasting. Thank you to all of our fantastic guests and to the talented musicians whose royalty-free music you've heard during this special edition of Over Coffee. For Over Coffee, I'm Dot Cannon. And that concludes this edition of Over Coffee. Thank you for listening. Listen to more Over Coffee podcasts at twomavericks.com. That's two, two T W O. Mavericks. M-A-V-E-R-I-X. Be sure you subscribe. It's free by clicking the link on our website. Our music is royalty-free production music provided by Pond5 at pond5.com. I'm Dot Cannon. Here's wishing you a
6: cappuccino day.